When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall, just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. It's a final word, World Cup Daily, day 45. We're there. It is the final, India as expected, are there. They're playing against Australia. It's happening tomorrow on Sunday. Jeff's there, of course. We're here for Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. An unusual time for us to be recording. Nine o'clock on a Saturday morning in London. And Jeff, I don't think I've ever hit the recorder on at this time for a podcast with you. Sometimes Saturday afternoon if we're running late on story mm-hmm. time or something like that. But uh, um, it, it needs must because the final is but uh, 24 hours away. Hello to you. Hello to you. I try to avoid doing anything before or at nine o'clock on any morning. Um, it's not a time when people should be doing things. There should be double digits in the hour before anything happens. Nobody should be at work before 10 a.m. We live in a monstrous, monstrous society that allows these things to happen. Um, and hopefully that can change as we as we squash down. As we get to the four-day working week, the <laughs> five or six hour working day. We've all been doing this stuff for too long. I didn't intend to talk about this off the top, but they won the eight hour day in what, 1865? And we're still working eight hour days despite the productivity gains of many, many thousands of times over the years. It is it is a trap, it's a lie, and they've got us all locked in glass boxes. We don't even realize that we're in a cage. But here we are. Um, went to Pat Cummins' press conference this morning, which was at a civilized time of about 10.30. Um, and uh, yes, the Australian captain seemed very, very relaxed. I haven't been the Rowett Sharma one hasn't happened because with with great great ICC planning Pat Cummins 10 30 a.m Rowett Sharma 5 45 p.m <laughs> that's what you want with your with your captain's brief um, press conferences when you're trying to knock a preview together the day before the mm, game yeah sounds about right and the next thing you're going to move on to is luxury communism that's it for another day uh this podcast will be focused squarely from this point on cricket or maybe not the goals I scored last night in five-a-side football no no we won't talk about that either no 30 no. second summary of the hat full of goals um now uh, the, the final is tomorrow um what we know from 
the interviews that have been done at the ground today as they're playing on pitch number five. Um, this is a used pitch. It was the one... By, by Lou Baker, is that the one? A little bit of uh, <laughs> a little bit of Andy Atkinson by my side. A little bit of red soil. By... Uh, so it, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a red soil or a black soil. I know at Umdabad that's quite a big deal. But just going through the numbers for the World Cup so far, no one's made 300 at Umdabad. It's the second lowest scoring ground. That's partially informed by the fact that Pakistan shut the bed against India there a couple of months ago. Well, it wasn't about a month and a half mm. ago now. Um, but that's the same pitch that um, India had so much success on there. I enjoyed the bit of Pat Cummins' press conference where he goes, oh, I think Pakistan played someone here. I'm not sure whether that was intentionally comedic or otherwise, but it read that way in the in the write-up of it. That um, you know, it, it is a used pitch, but the conditions are going to be very different because it was hot then. Uh, mm. And now, from what I gather, there's a bit of a... Yeah, the start of a bit of a winter chill of sorts. Maybe not cool conditions, but cooler than it was. Cooler. I mean, the, the Kolkata game the other day was was actually quite yeah. temperate. Um, you know, the, Australia got the advantage of bowling in those conditions where it wasn't actually that that difficult in terms of the the heat yeah. that some teams have faced. Um, in terms of the pitch, I mean, I could see it from the stand today. But like, what do we know? What does anyone know about pitches? Nobody knows anything. Um, it, you know, it looked at, it looked that kind of colour where you expect it to be a bit sticky and slow. But that's in, entirely speculative. Um, I thought the Cummins line. I, I don't think he was trying to crack a joke at the time, but uh, I suppose it could read like that. He's probably just actually can't remember who is who has played who where. But I was wondering, maybe it's a philosophical question more than a directly cricketing one. But how? long needs to go between games before a pitch is no longer a used mm. pitch I, I mean it it was it was the 14th of october i think that game so that's 34 days ago if it's been sitting there growing grass in the meantime um is it is it now a fresh pitch again i don't know we, we should have asked um when we had carl mcdermott on the the lord's groundsman we should have asked him about that when does a pitch become fresh again yeah, it's a fair point. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near as big of a talking point as it was uh, before the first semi-final for all the reasons that we outlined then. If there's anything in it though, right? If, if there is, owing to the climactic conditions that are now further up north in India as well, whether there, there is a world where this pitch does seam around a little bit. And of course, that would be to the advantage of Australia comparatively, because India have every box checked, but Australia need mm. the ball to, to move around. We saw how effective they were against South Africa in the second semi-final up at Eden Gardens, where um, getting the ball moving early on was able provided them the chance to apply massive pressure inside the power play. And that wasn't the case, um, well, for a whole bunch of games that India have played in. Their semi-final against New Zealand, they were they were out of the block so quickly. So, And they did take early wickets against India. Again, it's a long time ago, but that group game where they had them mm. three down inside two overs, that was also from a surface that gave a little bit to quicks under lights. So, yeah, I think if the pitch does have that component to it, uh, it could, uh, it won't be balancing us up on paper. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I said this yesterday on a show we were doing together, Jeff, if Australia were to beat India in this World Cup final, it is akin to when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson, right? Like this is, this would be the one of the greatest upsets in world sport history. This would be, Miracle on Ice, 1980 Olympics, you know, cricket's equivalent of that, given mm. how far ahead India are. Um, I know it's a two-horse race in Australia and no poor team, but this says more about the dominance of India through the group stage and, and the semi-final, which I've read all this coverage saying, oh, what a close stoush it was. I mean, India won that by a fucking mile. Mm. Um, they, they, they were never really threatened by New Zealand. They were always one wicket away from busting things open. They have been by far the dominant team. So with that comes pressure, home World Cup, 
you know, an, an ex extravagant uh, pre-game entertainment and all these other bells and whistles, near enough 100,000 people mm. there, maybe somewhere between 80,000 and 100,000 people there, depending on what attendance is reported from one end of the ground and all the rest of it. But, Jeff, um, yeah, th that idea that Australia could um, be the beneficiary of the conditions is an interesting one. I, it is. I, I don't know. I mean, it didn't look like there was any kind of grassiness that, that might be of any use, and I suspect they'll cut the pitch again. You know, they'll give it another mow. Um, Cummins said that they weren't making any decisions on teams until tonight, local time, um, after, you know, that they were, they were pretty happy that most things that had been done to the surface would have been done. But, uh, in, I mean, in terms of it being a huge upset, uh, I'm, I'm not sure yet because, because, okay, you have an Indian team that's dominated the World Cup to this point. They haven't won it and they haven't won one since 2011. They haven't won a knockout bit of silverware since the Champions Trophy in 2013. They lost the Champs Trophy in 2017. They've lost in World Cup knockouts since. And we've seen many, many examples over the years of teams that are dominant through the stage of a season you think of it in so sort of, I, I, I hesitate to raise the sport but Australian rules football where you have a season followed by a knockout um, we've seen a bunch of different teams dominate that home and away season and then get done in finals do you want to, do you want to raise it on me 2008 2008 2009 St Kilda um, you, you see these things happen where, where the team that should boss all of the knockout games doesn't end up doing it um, sometimes only in the one that matters so that's the bit for me you know if if to talk about this Indian team in those terms, I think they need to win this final and then they need to carry on being that dominant force for the next three or four years and go through the, the early stages of the next World Cup in the same way. Then I'd be saying it's a huge underdog story to knock them off. I don't think it is yet because they haven't won anything that counts. I guess I'm being a little bit playful when, when raising those historical comparisons. Of course, in a, in a, in a cricketing context, it, it wouldn't be the greatest surprise of all time if Australia win a six World Cup, right? But mm. I suppose the, the, the point I'm trying to emphasise is that India have been streets ahead of opposition yep. in this tournament and they've got every base check. So you just go through the numbers here, right? So Kohli averaging 102, striking at 90. <laughs> Rohit averaging 55 and yep. striking at 124. Um, then you've got the you know the bowling side of things. Shami's taken 23 wickets at 11. Uh, Boomer is going at fours and it's taken 18 wickets along the way. That kind of means that you've got this Australian group who need to outperform the superstars of India, but in specific categories. So I see it as like, there's the Kohli Rohit bit. Well, okay then, that means that between Warner, Marsh and Head, they need to do better. Um, mm -hmm. Those three need to do better than those two. Um, Shami against left-handers though, inside the power play, um, he's taken four wickets in 25 balls to left-handers in this tournament, bowling around the wicket. Yeah. And Australia have two left-handers opening the batting. The other but side, he's going to bowl first change. He's not. He's probably true. not going to get first use. So, by the That's you know, true. usually Shami's coming on after eight overs have been bowled. The way that Head and Warner have gone, if things have worked, they might have 80 in the bank by then, um, or yeah. they might be, or Rohit Sharma might be turning to Shami in the third over, thinking, "Fucking hell, I've got to rein this back." Or it's Siraj and Boomer taking early wickets. I mean, if those. Two, if if say two of that top three go cheaply, Australia are cooked. I think their yeah. their chances entirely depend on that top three coming off with a couple of them making, you know, not necessarily having to make 150, but doing even like what Travis Head did the other day, making 60 in quick time. If you get a couple of those, then you set up the middle order to to build up an imposing score. And the other side of it, we, we've talked a fair bit through the tournament about the psychological importance of Kohli making hundreds and uh, and us getting a better understanding through this competition of how symbolically important it is that he gets to raise the bat and what that does for morale 
around the country and inside the team and belief and Coley's 100 count meaning more than it might to Australians, right? And we're understanding that cultural difference. What if they get Coley early? I mean, yeah. Hazelwood feels the one to me who could do that. I know it didn't happen in yep. the group game. They got three wickets early. Coley wasn't one of them. Goes on to play a worldly of innings with KL Rahul and they chase it down in 45 overs. That was a wonderful chasing performance. But if they do get Coley early, if they can go yeah. bang, bang, um, get one of the openers and, and Coley when the ball's still new. And Hazelwood feels like the right um, the right weapon for that, given how consistent he is, how brilliantly he bowled against South Africa up top. He's only gone at 4.5 runs and over through the competition. That will change the energy. I mean, that will silence the crowd, literally, um, yep. if Coley's dismissed early. So Australia need to think in those terms. And it's not as though he can't be dismissed early. This guy is not a machine. Um, mm -hmm. He was out cheaply to England, and Australia have enjoyed success against Coley at different points through his career. So it's not a foregone conclusion he'll make somewhere between 50 and 120, right? Um, right. You know, it, it, everything starts again when they arrive at the ground tomorrow. Um, so, and there was so much attention on him reaching his 50th, and, and so it is, and that's fine. But um, he, he's still got to wake up tomorrow morning, and he's still a human being. And, and start again, you know. The, the, yeah. That's been the most impressive thing about Coley is how it, it almost looks like he doesn't have to start his innings mm -hmm. again. He just he just comes out and picks up where he left off. But more than 700 runs in the World Cup, you can look at that two ways. You can say, well, he's, he's inked in for a big score or you can say he's probably got all these runs already and um, he's due a, a low score at some point. You know, probability might tell. That's the really interesting bit for me, I think. You know, say, say Australia are bowling first and like you say, that couple early also how does how does the indian team recover from that point as well because everything's gone to plan just about like maybe except for making that 229 against england which looked like it shouldn't be enough but ended up being more than <clears throat> enough everything has worked out pretty much as they wanted it to after those early three wickets in the australia game everything's gone to plan you know rowett makes the fast runs early Coley comes in and runs the innings the others bat around those two. Shreyas does his thing. Um, Surakamayada chips in here or there if required. He's barely been needed, to be honest, with the bat, yeah. um, aside from a, a few swings. It's all worked. It's all and and it's worked in a similar way every time. And that's that's I think the point where so no doubt about it, India should win this game. They probably will win this game because across the board, player for player, they've. They've, it's not just that they have really good players. A lot of these are the same players who were going around four years ago, um, sometimes even eight years ago, but they're just all humming at exactly the right time. They're all at the peak together. And there's this incredible sense of momentum, especially with that bowling attack where, where Boomer is starting it off and he is literally a genius with the ball. Mm. Um, Siraj is potentially the weak point, but does still have damaging bursts. And then Shami coming on just being you know, unholy in terms of how good he is as a first-change bowler. They should win. The The only way they can't, I think, is if Australia have that possibility, that, that advantage of being unpredictable. Because what India does is pretty predictable um, and they, they run through the perfect performance time and again, if Australia can knock that off balance at some point, that will be the thing, that might be the thing where India then go, oh, hang on, we're not quite sure how to cope with this because they haven't had to come back from adversity really through any of the games they've played in this World Cup. Another really small thing, but I think not completely irrelevant, is that India chased in their first five games and set tallies in their next five. So it's actually mm. been a while since they've had to chase. Uh, yep. And of course, Australia will want to engineer that scenario where they bat first. I'm, I'm certain they won't want to let... I, know, I don't think the toss is as important as it was in the semis, don't get me wrong. But mm. um, I think that the match up where Australia get to bat first and let the game build into something of a rhythm. And look, let's, 
you know, let's not overplay that point either. Australia was 74 for one against India in the group game and all out for 199. They only went at 3.5 runs and over in the middle stages, but they hadn't clicked at that point. They were they were still finding what their method was and they've, they've kind mm. of found that over the last, well, last month, and I guess month and a bit since they lost their second game of the tournament to South Africa. They've been faultless since then. Um, but yeah, <laughs> who started that collapse off? Jadeja. Now, Jadeja's a funny old duck when it comes to his... Um, career against Australia. Took three for 28 from 10 um, in that group game and was perfect. He bowled so well uh, to Australia to um, mm. set upon that collapse. But in one the day Steve cricket... Smith as, wicket. I was just watching yeah, back some right. replays of that earlier today. And I mean, it is a, a beautiful piece of bowling. Yeah, ball of the tournament just about. And to consider... He, he, he played his role there. We've not... Jadeja hasn't been a big part of the tournament for India. Took a five for it, but hasn't like... It's been about the quicks, right? They're, they're both yep. so well under lights and so on, defending tallies. But if, you know, Jadeja against Australia averages 53 in one-day cricket, but that means nothing because in test cricket, uh, you know, it, it feels like that's the more relevant comparison point because in test cricket, he's been such a dominant force in India, taking wickets at like 15 in that country in Border Gavaska contest. And yeah, and something about the psychological uh, hurdle that Jadeja presents Australian batting lineups. I think that's uh, that's an important part mm. of this. And, the other fact is, is that he he they find it so hard to get him away. So if they try and go through the gears in the middle overs, that's where it's going to require, if batting first, Maxwell coming off because he yep. can accelerate in ways that other players can't from a standing start. Um, but you know the, the the joy of Maxwell is that um, it's impossible to draw a through line between one performance to the next. That's why we've enjoyed his career so very much. Is that it is a roller coaster, and mm. I don't know maybe the fact that he missed out and looked vulnerable against South Africa. Um, means that it's more likely that he might um, play well against these Indian bowlers who he knows so well, having been in the IPL since he was a pup. Potentially, but I think Kuldeep Yadav is the trump there. So it's yeah. the left arm wrist spin commonality where Maxwell looked um, confused against Kuldeep in the first game uh, and got bowled trying a big shot against Tabrath Shamsi, looked confused, got bowled trying a big shot left arm wrist spin turning back into him it's unusual you don't see a lot of it those are the two teams that have had it in this tournament and they've got him um, very cheaply between them on those two occasions and then Jadeja I think Jadeja's more dangerous against Australia than any other team by now because of the history because all these players have played against him in test yeah. cricket so much you know Steve Smith will be out there being thinking harder about facing Jadeja than somebody else would Manus mm. Labuschagne will be doing the same uh, what's he I think off the top of my head is at 89 test wickets he's taken against Australia yep, in, in a relative handful of, of matches, what, 20 tests maybe, not even. He's, he's been a remarkable performer against Australia specifically and so that makes him more dangerous in a 50-over game than he would be against just about anybody else. Yeah, he's a big game player, Jadeja. Hasn't had to bat an awful lot in the tournament, nor no. of any of the Indian lower order. Like but he's they've done made it well more runs when and, called upon. When called upon, but they've made more runs and taken more wickets than anyone, and their lower order's not been tested, which is a great problem to have. But yep. um, again, there's that idea that Australia's yeah. lower order have had to do quite a bit of heavy lifting. Um, yep. And you know, would, I, I don't it, expect... It would be great if that was if that came into it. It'd be great yeah, in terms yeah. of the contest, right? In terms Absolutely. of a good game, if both lower orders were called upon at some point during the game while it was in the balance, because Australia's have had a test, whereas, you know, Shami or Boomer are coming out at number eight. Um, that's a pretty vulnerable bottom four. Yeah. My my overall sense is that Australia are pretty calm um, because they probably didn't expect to be here, right? You mm. know, you go back to the start of the comp and it's all about are they going to be bundled out in a similar yeah. way to what England eventually were? You know, do they have the right combination? Have they got 
um, a group that's good enough to compete at the very top in 50 over cricket. All of these questions were unanswered. Mm. In a way, maybe they still are. Um, and as it so often is the case, the final result will dictate how the history is written. Um, there, but- there was one good bit that um, out of... So Pat Cummins in a press conference is very straight down the line. He, yeah, he tries yeah. to give very little that can be taken where someone can get a grab and, and take it away. But one thing that was interesting is he was asked about, you know, when Sri Lanka are 120 for none and you've lost two on the trot and you're getting smashed around, did it cross your mind that we might be bombing out here? And he actually said, yeah, it did. At the time he said no, you know, so after that Sri Lanka game, oh, no, 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 we were, we were, you know, we have good players and we were confident that we'd be able to pull it back. And today he was like, yeah, okay, actually, yes, fair enough. We were, you know, I was, I was worried at that stage. Yeah, of course he was. I mean, how could he not be? Um, I, 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 this is going to sound like a weird observation, but it almost feels like a bit of a free hit for Australia here, like no one expects them to win. It's going to be it's going to be a coronation of sorts tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's 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 meant to be the crowning moment of Indian supremacy in so many ways across the mm. global game. Tomorrow is all set up for that moment where um, that program we were doing yesterday, Jeff, where they where one of the pundits spoke of um, Kohli, um, you know, uh, being held up on the arms of Shubham Gill and Ishan mm-hmm. Kishan holding up Rohit Sharma, akin to what it was with Kohli holding up Tendulkar back in the 2011 uh, World Cup final when they were successful there. This is what tomorrow is all about. Meanwhile, Australia is something of a sleeping giant, right? I mean, you don't win this tournament five times without having something about your cricketing DNA that sees you win these things. Even that T20 World Cup win two years ago where they were gone, you know, they got pumped Mm. by England. And three weeks later, they're holding up the World Cup trophy because they clicked at the right time. India will be mindful of that. But I reckon the Australian side come into this knowing that it's kind of all upside um, and that's an unusual place for Australians to be when typically going into games like this, they are the, they are the expected victor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they've got seven players from that 2015 World Cup campaign who will be in the 11. So there were five who played in the 2015 final and, and then Marsh and Cummins both right. played during the tournament but didn't play in yep. the final. So seven players who've got a World Cup winner's medal in the 50-over format alone will be in that 11. So, you know, it's not for nothing. This, they're still including, the, the lesser chance. Including Stark, of course, who played yeah. such a massive role in that World Cup final, taking McCullum's wicket in the first over, which set the course of, of that decider mm-hmm. at the MCG. Very different world then, of course, very different conditions. But, you know, they have that muscle memory of stepping up and making it count when it matters most. Uh, Jeff, uh, before we say goodbye today, and we should do that soon, we don't need to talk any more about a game that hasn't started yet, um, we should come to the final word, Hall of Fame. Which- Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Just brought to you by Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City. There's no Hall of Fame per se, um, mm-hmm. but um, there, there are a couple of things I wanted I've to know. Got, I've got one for you. Don't okay, we'll me. get there. Um, <laughs> first of all, uh, I, instead of telling you about Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City today, I'm going to simply refer to social media. Um, Dave of Mark Latham fame. If you don't follow Twitter user Mesut also you should. Um, he is one of the great posters 
his words, not mine. You can't say advertising doesn't work. Someone was at work today talking about something they'd done on a trip and I mindlessly replied, oh, they've got that at Westfield London. Um, that is proof <laughs> that it's cutting through. Someone said this to me at the pub last night as well that, um, that they've been thinking about um, mm. going to Westfield London and Westfield Stratford City just as a day out because they've heard us talk about it so much yep. over the last seven weeks. Um, why wouldn't you want to? Why uh, wouldn't the you? biggest shopping centre in the cosmos, Europe. including the two black holes. Mm. Yeah, um, all of that. Biggest all Christmas tree in the cosmos, and I've been and I've been to I've seen the Christmas yep. tree and had its lights turned on and all the rest of it. So we'll have more about Westfield tomorrow. Um, and Jeff, um, I, I think a worthy addition to the Final Word Hall of Fame would be the thirty-five page document, yep. um, pacing through every single component of the um, pre, mid, post-game mm -hmm. ceremonies. I wonder the extent to which that'll be modified if India don't win at the end. There'll be so many light shows. Every drinks break will take five minutes as they have the mm -hmm. lasers out and all the rest of it. So it won't be an early finish. Um, but uh, Jeff, what's been on your mind? What's your name? What have you had? Reach for the lasers. Uh, so uh, just scrolling through that document, um, humility is not a strong point here. Um, as, as we close the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup 2023, we create a four-part ceremony as India bids farewell to the world at the biggest finals of the greatest World Cup at the largest cricket stadium in the world. It's almost like there's a slight preoccupation with being the biggest and the best. Um, they've, they've got the greatest World Cup ever. It's good. It's good that that's been officially gazetted. This it, is on um, ICC letterhead, by the way. It doesn't Juan Antonio Samaranch decide whether it's the greatest yeah, World Cup ever? He does. Um, until, until Juan Antonio Samaranch says it, it doesn't. It isn't real. Get the Ouija board out um, and and get him yeah. on the line. Get get. To, I assume he's no longer with us. Um, I think he. J I think he's passed away. Yeah. He's he's gone to the big rotting party in in the sky. He's he's at a he's he's up there with Silvio Berlusconi somewhere. Um, but the best bit, the the real standout bit for me in this document was this: they're going to have, and this is quite a nice idea, I, I must say, parade of champions, uh, a moment in history for the first time. World Cup winning captains are honoured in uh, I get the biggest ever arena in cricket at the biggest ever final the world has witnessed so they have to get that in there a second time but they're going to have and it says this specifically unique assembly of all world cup winning captains uh and there's there's a, there's a list of pictures right there are 10 pictures now we've had 12 men's 50 over world cups uh, right. so clive lloyd only gets one even though he captained twice mm -hmm. so Ponting's got two pictures for the two that he captained Clive Lloyd's only got one fair enough they, they put the pictures in rows there are two rows of five right so they couldn't maybe it was just a graphic design thing hard to get 12 in there or you couldn't get 11 in there because they've got okay there's Clive Lloyd cool there's Capel Dev 83 no worries there's Alan Border 87 cool uh, there's oh, there's Steve Orr there's a couple of Ricky Pontings there's an MS Dhoni Michael Clark Owen Morgan there's Arjuna Ranatunga coming just after just after Alan Border, that's weird. Wasn't there a World Cup in between those two? Oh, well, Imran Khan's not there, is he? Imran Khan's in jail <laughs> at the moment, so he's not going to be attending. The text literally says, unique assembly of all World Cup winning captains, and then the photo parade has just airbrushed him out. Like Joseph Stalin him out. Imran Khan, 92 didn't happen. Cornered Tigers, none of it. None of it existed. We hallucinated all of it. 12 World Cups, only 10 of them have pictures. Sorry, Imran, you're, uh, you're, you're in the delete files of history. You're on the cutting room floor. <laughs> My passion is graphic design. That's what I'm thinking when I'm seeing that. I'm just oh, that's that's um, it's that, that says more. That says more than believable. It says more than anything ever really could, couldn't it? Oh. And I know people will get grumpy in the comments that we've said that. Um, but you know, what, what yeah. we, we 
we can't be held accountable for people sooking in the comments. That's not how this job works. We have to say what we think. Um, uh, the the big dick and the little dick are umpiring tomorrow, Jeff. That I was is thrilled to see this. Yeah, the fi- together at last. They really are the final word umpires, aren't they? Mm. Um, Kettleborough for obvious reasons. Yes, we know Kettleborough. We like Kettleborough. Then Illingworth because he was there at the World Cup final in 1992. Um, big dick, little dick. And, and also with Kettleborough, imagine the furor. Mm. Imagine the blow up if he gives a decision that is counter to India's interests, given all the conspiracy theories about Richard Kettleborough online and, mm-hmm. and his um, alleged bias against India and all the rest of it. Um, if something went the other way tomorrow and Kettleborough was in charge, all fucking hell's going to break loose, and I'm here for that. Yep, and uh, and Joel will be in the in the box. He's got Joel. the video tools. Joel's third umpire. Joel's um, third umpire. Yeah, so Bloody I'm not hell, sure. That's a big call. That is. A I'm big not call sure if I want Joel interpreting the, the technology personally. Well, yeah, if, if they're going, you know, top top three, if that's the way they're doing it, um, it's 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 interesting that things have wound up that way. Um, but, the but first yeah. Joel. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Richard Kettlebrew was out there in the middle for a long time chatting to the ground staff today. Um, and Chris Gaffney, what a beast. He was just running laps of the ground. Um, it was pretty hot. It was pretty sticky. And he, he started out running with another dude and then just burned him off and started lapping him um, as okay. he was just sprinting laps of the oval today. So the gaff is in good shape if called upon. I suppose he's going to be fourth official. Are we going to see David Beckham tomorrow? Dua Lipa? Is that kind of? Is that? Kind I haven't, of haven't got any vibe about that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's nothing specifically about Dua Lipa in the the incredibly extensive document telling me what's going to happen tomorrow. But oh, you'll enjoy this as well. They're getting the Modi float back out again. The um, oh, the, the car, car that they drove him around. But they're not putting him in it. They're putting a, a musician in it. What's his name? Uh, Pritam. India's number one music director with his entourage of 500 dancers. Um, and the, the mock-up here has Pritam in what is almost exactly the Modi mobile with with the cricket bats and the fake stumps and whatever behind yeah, it, but it's yeah. a bit zhuzhed up with some World Cup colours. Oh. And Pritam is standing in it in a very bad Photoshop um, while some dancers stand around him. So look forward to that. Whatever happened to the Modi Mobile, I know you tried to buy it. You couldn't, I you couldn't seal the deal. They've t- obviously taken it away. They've renovated it. It's been, it's been zhuzhed up. It's been in the shop. It's had the dints dinged out of it. Um, it's had the staple gun on to put some new carpet in. Um, and it is ready to go to fall apart five minutes after the game like it did last time. Zhuzhed up, another very Australian term. The, 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 like, yeah, yeah, the Pope Mobile, the Modi Mobile that he went around with an elbow. Shastri said he was going to get that for me. Um, mm. I've got a bone to pick with Ravi. Um, he'll be busy tomorrow, though, leading the commentary team. I see it, it's, the, it's the biggest commentary team I've, I've ever seen assembled. About 16 people are going to get on air at some yep. point. So I hope they all enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it as well, Jeff, doing it on radio. That's it for us. Uh, our preview has been for Westfield London, <clears throat> Westfield Stratford City. More extra, less ordinary. Enjoy the World Cup final. Don't get too angry. It's only a game of cricket, please. It's just You'll cricket. Okay. It's just cricket, guys. Be okay on Monday be morning. No matter what happens, you're going to be all right. going to be fine. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs> Sorry if I ran out to empty, wrote this so you know what I meant here. I had to go.